Welcome to Why I Sew, the podcast where some of your favorite sewing personalities and rising stars share what motivates them to create using needle and thread. I'm your host, Jason Prater, and with me today is Cheryl Cusick. I'm really excited to get to speak with her about why she sews. So welcome to Why I Sew, Cheryl. Thank you. So happy to be here. Yeah, we're super glad to have you. I know I've never gotten to meet you in person, so this is a sort of next best thing here, but maybe for our audience, you can, you can tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and uh, maybe your your background. Um, okay, that sounds great. I um, started a little independent sewing pattern company called Paradisial Designs. I'm trying to think exactly. It was right around in 2006, I started designing sewing patterns. And, um, you know, my whole sewing background is like I always wanted to create. And so I found that I could make possibly a business out of this. So I started doing sewing patterns for handbags and it just grew. It started with four patterns and, and it grew from that. So That's so cool. So would you when would you say you're a sewist, a seamstress, a quilter, a omnicrafter, embroiderer? I mean, what are what are your primary interests in sewing? Well, I am definitely a sewist. So when I was I was like 14 years old and I would go and work on the side at Nordstrom and I I used to babysit for the human resource manager. This is up in Alaska. I grew up in Alaska. Oh, wow. And she said, Hey, you want to come work a sale? And I was like, okay. And I loved it. And I was already sewing by then. And I thought it was the coolest thing I could make stuff from just fabric. And then I was working at Nordstrom and I really, I got to look at designer clothes and stuff. And I'm like, well, we could really like make stuff that's super nice and not have to pay designer prices. Right. And so that propelled me on more. And then I really developed the sewing pretty much on my, my own. I did take a sewing class, but it was like a camp, like a winter sewing camp. And you were supposed to sew for like three hours in the camp, but I didn't stop sewing when I went home. So it just <laughs> blossomed from there. So that's awesome. So, so this was obviously at a time when you were old enough to work, but you said you may have started sewing in your earlier teen years. How did you get into sewing to begin with? Well, I'll, when I was real little, my mom was making me Barbie doll clothes and I looked at the Barbie doll clothes and I'm like, mom, how did you put this sleeve in? And she explained the process of, you know, it's a Barbie doll clothes. So you right. put the, the sleeve, the top part of the sleeve in first, then you sew the seam that goes along the side of the garment and the sleeve. And I was so fascinated with that. And I'm like, that makes it easy. And it's like, how can I expand on that? So by the time I started sewing when I was, I guess, in like, I was around 10 or 11 doing the hand sewing. And then probably like seventh grade, I did a sewing class and it just grew from there. And um, yeah, I became, I'm quite consumed with it. (laughs) That's fantastic. So was your mom like a hands-on teacher for you or or did you really... Would you consider yourself more, more self-taught or it's more self-taught, more, way more self-taught. I just was going in places that she, she did a lot of really great sewing, but I don't know if it was her favorite thing. She does love to sew, but I was really about just going off on my own and creating and doing different things. And I mean, I was consumed with just making the coolest stuff for especially for my Barbie dolls I even went ahead and made like not out of fabric but out of paper my Barbie dolls had to have like 
a waste paper basket. And that's <laughs> awesome. It was a little over the top, but it was a lot of fun. So, so you are what, 10, 12 years old at that time. Right. And, and you're sewing clothes for your dolls and things of that nature. What, what does your friends think about that? I mean, you're growing up in Alaska, right? So I, I imagine there's a lot of outdoorsy kind of stuff, but also a lot of time that you need to spend indoors because it's super cold. Exactly. Were your friends sewing also? I mean, were you an oddball some in that case? Or? Uh, some of them were. They just, it's funny. I think a lot of people that become artists and whatever their craft are, you almost feel like a little bit like a weirdo because you do all this stuff and people are like, you made that? And yes, I did make it because I wasn't just sewing then. I was doing a lot of different arts. I did a lot of drawing and you know, one time I wanted to be a big fashion designer and then it became apparent to me later on that I really wanted to be able to teach people how to make things, how to do things and show them that it's not that hard. That's such a, I hear that theme a lot, you know, creative people in a lot of different areas, but certainly within sewing, I've been in the industry for 28 years. And, you know, when I talk to a lot of people, it's, it seems like such a natural progression. It's like, you know, you make things and people notice you making things and they feel like that's just something they could never accomplish. It's something they could never do. And so you, you end up wanting to change their mind on that. That's too cool to hear you say that. Yeah. Yeah. It really stuck with me. I just, I love doing it. It was by the time I was in high school, I was doing custom design for people. I don't know how good it was, but <laughs> You know, I was making clothes for other people and I I also was, believe it or not, I was always looking for the easiest way to do things so that, but also so it would look good too. Right. So you're doing this work for the department store and, you know, what, what was your sort of next step? I mean, how did you go from that to a sewing business of the nature that you're in now? Well, let's see. So I was doing, I was doing the custom design and I started doing a lot of hacking where I would, I'd go, well, I like this top, but I like the sleeve. And so I, you know, I was doing a lot of interchanging of pattern pieces and that type of thing. And I just did that like for myself and little custom jobs here and there until well, I finished school college. And then I decided I was going to leave Alaska. So I did. And I thought I was going to go be a fashion designer. So I moved to New Jersey. <laughs> oh, wow. What was your, what was your degree in? Well, uh, well, actually it's a business degree with a major emphasis in marketing and a okay. minor in economics. And there is a lot of art and sewing classes, but I was like, oh, I need to have my business free, which I still don't know how much I use it to this day. Um, but but um, so I went to New York and I basically I was in Hoboken, New Jersey, which is right across. You can take a train to Manhattan. And um, I was pretty much in um, shell shock from moving from Alaska to New Jersey. <laughs> but on my way there, I went to Seattle. And when I got to New Jersey and I and New York and I was going around and I knew I could probably get a design job. I wanted to get assistant designer job, but I just knew I couldn't live there. And so I spent the summer on the East Coast. And I decided to come back to Seattle because I really like the vibe here. Now, this is before Microsoft was just getting started. Okay. Uh, this was before Starbucks. So sorry if I'm aging myself, but uh, <laughs> this, is, this is back in 1989. And so I made the move in the end of the summer 
to Seattle and I started working here and I just, I started working in the hospitality business doing things because that's the quickest way to get a job and start making money. Yeah, and, yeah sure. Putting your feet or your roots down. And then I actually did that. I did that for a while. And then I went back to Nordstrom for a little bit and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And it wasn't until a little bit later in my life that I decided that I was going to do the sewing patterns and it morphed because I just kept working, you know, on the side, I was always doing custom jobs and working with all these different materials. Cause I, I think I wanted to always challenge myself. Like, can I really make a designer look? Can I really make a handbag? Right. Uh, and I started doing this stuff and then I, I, and making these bags and people were like, Whoa, what is that? And it just morphed into the first sewing pattern that I did and went on from there. And I was trying to use materials I didn't see other people using. So, okay. yeah. And, uh, and I wanted it to look like real designer handbag or designer, not handbags, but well, handbags and clothing. And then it, I started working with vinyl and pleather and that was just a whole nother world for me. So. Oh, that's so cool. I always like to ask this question. Do you remember like the first thing you ever made on a sewing machine? Not really. (laughs) I do remember putting, you know, just hand sewing pieces of fabric together and stuff, but I dive into doing so many different things that I, I really have a hard time remembering all the stuff I've worked on because now my studio is like people like go, whoa, you know, cause I have like every piece of kind of material possible <laughs> in there. That's awesome. So what, what, what would you say is your favorite thing to sew? If you're sewing for yourself and not thinking about what you can sell, perhaps, what, what do you like to sew? Uh, oh, gosh. Whatever the next thing is that I'm designing. I hate to say that, but it's like that challenge and exciting of making something come together. Or, you know, now I have a whole line of patterns. It's like 30, I think I'm on 37 or oh, wow. 38 patterns. And so if I use one of my existing patterns and I figure out a new way to use it, that becomes my favorite thing to do. Oh. And uh, I have one dress that's called boho frock. And um, I've had some, I'm trying to remember what the fabric is. It's this uh, linen fabric from a company over in the UK. And I hate, of course, I can't remember the name right now, but I hand dyed. I've been taking a deep dive into hand dyeing and I hand dyed Battenberg lace. And I was, so this dress is really cool because it goes to any size and it involves by it cutting bias. And so these are, it's a checked material. I have that I'll be working on, but I'll be really excited when we can get back into, I teach enrichment classes for kids. So, um, And it's really cool here in Seattle. I was approached by the school district, uh, by a parent to uh, come and teach classes for kids because I had been running my own sew camps. And so the kids, they learn things from a designer, not from a teacher following a pattern. Not, And that isn't a bad thing, but they learn to be designers themselves. Mm-hmm. And because they start mimicking, you know, I just start working with fabric. I don't look for a pattern first that I want to make. I usually end up making the pattern. Uh, yeah so it's a whole different approach to sewing and design and i'll be really happy when i can start to do more in person because my kids kids keep you so grounded they make you realize that 
you don't know everything you thought you did. It's, so what age groups are those kids that you're teaching? From five to 10, usually you get them at like seven or eight and their minds are little sponges and it's really fun to encourage them because sewing is not an easy skill to yeah. teach. Now, are, you, are you primarily teaching them with hand sewing techniques or do you actually have machines to sew on? No way, Jose. They're learning on machines and I don't do the automatic threading. I show them the older the machine, the better, because they have to learn the nitty gritty of sewing and they do really well. Kids, it's all about encouragement and letting them know that they can do something. And, you know, they get to the end line and it's like pretty fabulous. And their parents are excited and everything. The thing that cracks me up, though, is when uh, parents think that as soon as they've taken a sewing class, they can do all this sewing around the house. (laughs) And it's like, it's really a learned acquired skill. It takes a little bit of time and effort to uh, learn about different fabrics and stitch lengths and tensions and all that good stuff. Bless you for helping teach the next generation uh, your craft. That's uh, so admirable. It pains me sometimes when you look around and even my own kids will tell me this. Uh, they're not 19 and 20, but that there were so many things they didn't learn in school just about life skills, you know, that would have been far more valuable to them than some of the things that they did learn. So that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it's so it's so worth it. It's in my bio. I say I will always teach kids. It's so important. It um, is. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So. You know, I like to always ask this. I'm sure you sew a ton for your business uh, because you have to. Um, and, and you already said you really enjoy that because it's the next challenge. But do you get time to sew for yourself? I mean, I know one of the things that a lot of people that I talk talk to make gifts, you know. Do, do you ever make gifts, hands-on gifts that you give to people? And, and if you do, any of those ever stand out as particularly memorable? Okay, let's see. I actually, you know... I don't do a lot of gifts that I sew. Sometimes I do. Um, God, you're asking me really hard questions. <laughs> I, um, There's I, no right answer to this one. <laughs> well, it's really, I wish I could sew more for myself. I, you know, I have a ridiculous amount of material thinking that I'm going to make stuff for myself. And, you know, I'm just, I've made this choice to, that I want to try and make this sewing thing happen to make it a real career and it's going that way which is really exciting but I have to work other jobs to make ends meet and it doesn't leave a whole lot of time I am starting to find different ways to eke out time for myself I think one of the most challenging things for artists today is eking out personal time so that they can reset and then get back in and start you know designing and doing that thing again so the things I like to give away are things that would be useful for people so if somebody comes to me for a custom project or something a lot of times we let the person that I'm making something for in on it so that they can pick their material and and tell me what they like or don't like because I don't want to put in all that work and then have them not like it and have them not be usable. And one thing that comes to mind, a friend of mine, actually a high school buddy that lives down in 
they live in Anacortes now, but we went, we grew up together in Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, and uh, okay. he's like, I want to make a bag for Sandy because she kept losing her cell phones. And so she came and, and we went over all the materials and she's like, I like this, this, and this. And we put it together and she loves the bags. So they get a lot of use out of it. I try and look at guests as thoughtfully. It's not about just giving somebody something for the randomness of it. It's about giving somebody something that's really important. Have you ever seen those, uh, the little uh, cubby that you make to put in, you put a bowl in it to put it in the microwave? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom loves making those and she loves making them for church for the raffle and all that stuff so i mean one gift i'm going to give her hopefully this will air after christmas but uh i'm going to cut up the cotton foam that they are not foam it's like a cotton quilting batting that they use for those and i'm going to send her a box of them pre-cut does that it's about the experience it's not about necessarily the stuff and um yeah so i mean maybe i'm really crazy but i'd rather spend time having dinner with a friend rather than giving them a gift that you know you don't know if they'll use or not so yeah Yeah. i love that approach uh the worst thing ever is to spend all your time and and heart and put your energy into creating something that while the person on the receiving end knows wow they spend a lot of time on this i just really don't like it (laughs) that's the the worst yeah and so while i appreciate gifts i'd rather you know we're in a world where we have so much stuff and i'm guilty of it i'm guilty of it i have all this stuff and it's not giving me any great value it's taking up room so it's more about the intent it's just really i want to do things with intention and i think that's the most important thing I love that. So since you're not sewing a whole lot, I can't really ask you a whole lot about what your favorite things to sew are, but what are some of the favorite tools or nifty gadgets or things that you use that make your sewing life better or easier? One thing that I use all the time is actually, it's a one by six ruler by, I don't know if it's Ofla, but it's, you know, it's a one by six ruler that you use for cutting with a rotary cutter, but I keep it by my machine because I'm always measuring things and it's one of the most useful tools also i gotta give a shout out to annie urine uh, i know annie and she's just lovely she designs handbags also but she made a little tool that has the little stylus point on it mm-hmm. so you can so when you're sewing you can put your stylus tool on it and hold it in place as it's being sewn but it won't get hit by the needle that's a big one 90 and up needles sewing machine needles make my life easier because i sew with a lot of vinyl and pleather don't get me wrong wrong i do have stuff ready to go to sew (laughs) but uh we're i just assembled 300 kits for you (laughs) yay myself (laughs) oh man yeah i'm really proud of myself that i was able to put that whole thing together it's a lot of work yeah people don't uh for all you listeners out there kidding is a is an arduous process so you know we we sell a lot of kits that coincide with our educational things which yours will be one of obviously and yeah it's a lot of work putting that stuff together to make it a little more convenient for the customer to to be able to get started sewing faster right and not spend so much time prepping right but also putting it in the way i bagged it so that once i ship it to you it's really easy for your sulky people to put in the fusion stitch mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, the thread packet that they're going to use to make 
that lovely, it's called the Posh Trapper. It was Ellen that actually, you know, came to me because I hadn't seen anybody do any quilted vinyl. And so I was able to come up with techniques that make that easier. And what's great is if you get the kit, it's all pre-cut and it's ready to go. forward to seeing that project for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I got to ask, you know, sewing has obviously given you a, a lot of opportunities and maybe sewing, but your creative nature, I guess, has really given you a lot of opportunities. But, you know, how, how would you say that that's sewing just in itself sort of enriches your life? You know, I mean, what are the qualities about that that are most meaningful to you? Um, it's it's the most basic thing that, you know, everybody's everybody goes, oh, yeah, I'll sew that or I sewed that or I mended it or it's this basic thing that I've been able to make into something way different. When a lot of my friends, it's funny when you said, what were your friends thinking about when you're when you're sewing and stuff? And I have a lot of friends and I'll go, yeah, I'm, I, I'm sponsored by Bernina. And they just, they're like, what's Bernina? And I go, well, it's my sewing machine sponsor. And they start laughing. And they, they're like, they have no idea of what we do in our sewing world. But sewing for me just really was something that I could grab onto and make it my own. And it's this wonderful experience of creating and making new things. It just fulfills me completely inside and out. And then when I get to show people you know, I go to a lot of American Sewing Guild um, mm-hmm. and do in-person workshops. And I teach sometimes here in Seattle, but mostly I'm teaching the kids. But I've been doing a lot of virtual teaching. And when you are able to, again, reach out and show people how to do things, it's just really exciting. And also, too, I guess being excited, I get really excited about great materials And when you have great materials, you can make great things. And vinyl is not the easiest thing to sew on. It's pretty, you know, you've got to have some knowledge about it and understand your needles and your feet and all that good stuff. And I don't know, there's just something about sewing that I just get really excited about after. And I'm not going to say how old I am, but all these years. it's been. I love that you put thought into all of those components, you know, having the right needle and the right feed and all of the things to make the the process easier, better, and quite frankly, the the finished product better. Because if those things don't go well, then the the satisfaction and the thrill of creating doesn't feel as good, right? If you if you right. if you've spent all this time and energy and, and you end up with something that doesn't look very good because you didn't, you know, use the right tools, then it just right. Uh, well- And students, it's really interesting. Students come to sewing classes and there's the one thing I don't like about sewing is that all people think for some reason they're supposed to know how to do it already. No, they really do. They come in and they're like, I should be able to do this. And what I really love is when I'm making a custom project for somebody and they want to try and lessen the price as much as they can. They go, oh, this is going to be really easy. (laughs) And I think I do all these lessons, too. Every time I approach something new to sew, it's like I try and give people all the tools, but also the thought like in that kit, I put an extra piece of vinyl just so they could do test sewing. There's snaps in there, so they need three snaps for the kit, but they have one snap to practice on. 
because you need to give them, you can't just give them the materials. You need to give them something so they have something tangible. We want to make it a little easier for them or, or to show them that this just breathe and you're going to get through this. It'll be just fine. But they, they, yeah. can't, they can't expect to, to duplicate the years of experience and and trial and error that you have, right? So, yeah, I I know exactly what you mean there, you know. Yeah. You look at something, it's like, oh, the machine's doing all the work. Well, mm, no, (laughs) not really. It's the knowledge that that you have that you've gained through many, 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 many times doing it. Right, right. But I want them to feel that they have to start somewhere. And if they just think about all the knowledge, because I think a lot of sewers, they thank God they want to create thank god they want to like get new materials and try them thank god for that because that's for you and for me that they will come back to us and buy a pattern or buy more thread but we need to in some way entice them to keep trying because if you if they mess up a lot of them just give up really quickly and i don't want them to be able to you know it's hard i can't inject my enthusiasm into them so it's like you know just the life lessons of breathe you're going to get through this is going to be fine well we're going to make this happen. They get really excited. I teach at Puyallup. We have our big state sewing expo. So expo is what they call it. And um, I teach a vinyl pleather sewing class. And I just actually got the thing this morning that I'll be teaching it again. This is like, I think the fifth year and the class sells out in like a minute. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. And so I did two of the classes last year, but last year we did it virtually. We're doing it virtually this year. And it is so ironic when I teach that class hands on in a classroom at So Expo on machines they've never seen before. It's really hard. It's not easy. And I'm hoarse when I come out of the class because we're on microphones and trying to make sure everybody gets things because you'll have a classroom of 30 students. Some will be way ahead of the others, but you got to make sure the other ones are caught up somehow. And then the ones (laughs) that are way ahead are mad because you're making sure, you know, it's just a whole classroom and thing, but it's tedious, but it's worth it. But when I do it virtually, I get super excited because they're on their own machines. They know their machines. They understand their machines. And if you just give them the tools, the needles, the different things to hold it together, they're happy. And I'm happy to say that I had every student I taught last year was really happy. So anyway, that's That's where students sometimes don't realize the challenges of a sewing classroom. As you described, if you're sewing in a classroom that has all the same machines, that's nice from the sense that the same instructions on how to load the bobbin and, you know, all of these different things are, are similar. But at the same time, most of those students probably don't know that particular machine. Yeah. And, uh, and then, of course, the challenge of everybody sewing on their own machine uh, seems to be that while they should know their own machine, if they don't, now you as the teacher need to try to know that machine. And maybe I do, maybe I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of different challenges there. So listeners, give your teachers a break, right? <laughs> Yeah. What's really funny is the last time I did in-person sewing, it was a local store here that I was teaching in their classroom. And I went to the store to work on the machine before I taught the class at Sew Expo. So I would know and understand it. 
And that is like fabulous to be able to do that. Except for when I went in the classroom, they had two different kinds of machines. Classic. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh God. But you know what? We got through it. I mean, these are, these are cha- challenges, but in the big scope of things, you look at it and I'm like, how lucky are we to be doing this? Yeah. yeah it's such, a, such an important and crucial thing though. I, you said it already, but teaching and continuing to teach, which has been sort of a hallmark of our business. And I know it's something that you do a lot of selling the products without teaching people how to use them is, is likely to end in failure, right? Mm-hmm. And people not liking their hobby when, you know, when the goal is to sell things for people's enjoyment, you want to make sure they actually enjoy that process. And right. if, they, if they aren't taught how to do it, then they're probably not going to enjoy it. So, you know, all these guilds and places where folks can go to be educated and now online, certainly with the pandemic has really broadened the scope of education. Yeah. I just feel like it's so important to the industry. And and I'm glad to see that you do a lot of that. That's that's Mm -hmm. awesome. And really, it really is what fuels our industry and brings more people in and keeps them in. Right. Right. Exactly. Because thank God for those students. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, some of the people that I consider to be icons and giants within the industry started out teaching people. And I just wonder, is there is there anybody that's been instrumental in your journey uh, that you admire or look up to in the sewing oh my world? Goodness. Oh, um, so the first person I, I have to say is Amy Butler. So she was like this larger icon in the fabric design world. And when I got to meet her, I was, you know, you know how you trip over your tongue and you're trying to like sound like you're having a legit conversation. And now we're friends on Facebook and it's you're like, wow, that Amy's been just her. She's very encouraging. And she, when you talk to her, she makes you feel like you're the most important person in the world right then. And mm-hmm. that is like such an important lesson because personally I get super overwhelmed when I'm teaching a workshop or when I'm doing so expo or I've been to Houston the festival before and you want people to know how much you care but sometimes you're so overwhelmed and like I can't remember anybody's name I feel horrible when you've got (laughs) just hundreds of people that you're teaching because some of the classes at so expo you do these lectures and they can be between 100 and 200 people and yeah, so you get pretty, it's like, whoa, <laughs> but it's all, it's all good. I mean, a lot of people I've been seen as like as students or as customers over the years. And so you do get to know them and you can remember their names. Let's see, who else would I say has been, I mean, Ellen March is amazing. She's so composed and she's so, you know, I knew her when she was at So News. Uh, She came to me and she came to me again from Sulky. And it's been like a super great experience. And uh, just seeing her go from one thing to the next and just do as well as she's doing. I mean, these webinars you guys are doing are just fabulous. She's, she's pretty, she's pretty awesome. And we're, we're lucky to have her. That's for sure. Yeah. So you know what? There is somebody Lynn. God, I'm trying to remember Lynn's last name. So on Instagram, you've got, I've gotten to know a lot of people and there's this one gal and her Instagram handle. I can even look it up. It was like Lynn, Lynn's wardrobe. And she's like a costume designer in Hollywood. 
oh, wow. the film industry. And she does a lot of really cool things on her Instagram showing people. Okay, it's Lynn Branley is her last name, but uh, Lynn Wardrobe Sews is her Instagram. She's okay. been quite an inspiration and in just what she's doing. I mean, these people, if they're like me, we don't sleep. <laughs> that seems crazy. to be a, a, a recurring theme amongst you creative folks. Yeah. Well, when it's the one person show, that's. Uh, there, there is that. Yes. Yes. But we're, you know, I think we're so happy to be doing our craft and our passion. That's like amazing. So. Yeah. It's interesting. You said how warm and welcoming Amy Butler was to you and likely is to, to most other people. I've heard that a lot, but. There's so many people in our industry that I would say are that same way, right? Mm-hmm. I've met so many good people. I've been in the industry for 28 years. And as a, I mean, I came into the industry as a, a, a young man, a lot of friends of mine would question, what, what you're in the sewing business? I, I, you know, like, what are you talking about? Quilting? You're going to a quilt show? What, what, what is that? And it's like, yeah, it's actually a pretty cool industry full of a lot of really, really good people, both within the industry and the customers that we serve are just darn good people. Why wouldn't I be in this business? Mm-hmm. So hearing you say that is another confirmation. I seem to get that on each one of these interviews that, you know, that's the one thing that's constant throughout. Everyone has these stories about just awesome people. And, mm-hmm. uh, I love that. Are you sewing anything right now, Cheryl? What are you, what are you working I on? Am I sewing anything? I, I will be making, I actually have a custom order. I am making quilts for a whole family from their grandma's clothes. Oh, and wow. Yeah. So, and the people that I'm doing this for are really awesome people. They have twin sons that took sewing lessons from me for like four years. <laughs> And so when the grandma passed away, it was very suddenly Mm. and it was really hard. But one of the best things they could do to honor her was to use her clothes to make quilts. And so I'm doing seven of them. Wow. Yeah. Well, and I mean, but and people would go, oh, my God, what are you doing? And it's like, look at how personal it is and how it's an important journey in a sort of way. And so, um, you know, they're just going to be patchwork quilts, but we were able to get them down to different colors and stuff. But it's an honor to be included with this group of people. And these people are like just as much creative. Actually, um, the gal I'm doing this for, she designs graphic designs for uh, craft beer companies. Oh. For their, yeah, for their logos and everything. So th- she allows me to just go hog wild and be as creative as I want to with making things. So just imagine the, the love and the uh, the memories that you're giving back to this family of their loved one. I, I really, memory quilts are one of my coolest things. T-shirt quilts, memory quilts, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are some of the coolest things that I think people sew because it's, you know, there's so much wrapped up in that, that the mm-hmm. person who ultimately is covering up with that gets to, gets to, to remember cool right. stuff. Yeah. So is there a sewing technique or a, a type of sewing project or something that is kind of like something you've never done, but is on your bucket list, if you will? Oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. I have tackled some pretty intense sewing. <laughs> oh, gosh. What? Well, actually, what I really want to do is learn about making more texture with fabric 
and then figure out a lot of it involves hand sewing, but I'd like to make it more sewing machine sewing. So I've gone down the texture rabbit hole also. I was actually doing this weaving thing where I was taking a piece of fabric and making cuts in it and then weaving other pieces of fabric into it. I want to get, I'd like to get into that more intensely, but this uh, also the texture thing of doing like 3D applique. Okay. I've done it with Shibori silk ribbon and uh, had a whole project around it, but I want to take it to a new universe and um and to be really you honest like pushing those boundaries don't you yeah and doing it with I, I have to tell you one of my favorite threads to hand sew with is the silky blendables okay because the way you guys made those colors really speaks to me i have a whole jar full of all this different colors that i love and i've actually used it in a kit that i did with the shibori ribbon the december cover of vogue has sarah jessica parker with this beautiful dress and she's got these 3d fabric flowers um, out of uh, like lame like which is a metallic type of material but i want to take it into a domain where a lot of people can use it and then of course it would be like an embellishment on a handbag or something that's yeah, I do have something cooking there and I don't realize it. This is where my mind goes. And, you know, I think it's like designers that we get to push the boundaries and then people can follow and try that. Because just like sewing with the pleather, I came up with my own strap making technique that people don't have to turn the straps inside mm-hmm. out. They just do these. They sew it and fold and sew it and fold. And, you know, four rows of stitching later, you have a strap made that is wonderful so yeah definitely always wishing to look forward to seeing your next new cool technique me too (laughs) i know you're busy and you know you're working other jobs uh, right now until your to your sewing is is the main thing that pays the bills but what other things do you enjoy outside of work and sewing uh you know as a hobby or activity what might we see you know cheryl posting on her social media that she's been doing lately well i just so if you go on my instagram you can see where i painted a huge i'm into painting like huge big time and i did a mural on my deck it's these yeah. Oh, I think I saw that on your website. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it isn't on the website, but it's on the Instagram. Okay. It's on the gram, but it's a while back. So I actually did last summer, I did touch up. So I showed it again, but the most liked post I've ever had on Instagram was it was the summer before. It's a huge mural. It's like, you know, the leaves are, you could cup your arms and that's how big the leaves oh, are. Wow. And I got these really stunning three colors together. And so it, that was one of my funnest things. But I also just completed a gradulant and gradulant, I'm not saying it right, stripe of different colors in my kitchen. Ah. And I, so there's four different colors of chartreuse and they go from lighter to darker. And so I showed the whole process of how I painted that, which I mean, there's like 10, you can do 10 slides on Instagram and it goes back to the first lane of tape to make the stripes. Uh And uh, yeah, because you have to, you can only do two stripes at once, but I frog tape, all I can say is frog tape. 
And <laughs> so, yes. And it's people think it's wallpaper, but oh, it's not. Yes. It's it's paint. So I'm so excited to paint the rest of my kitchen, which started Memorial Day. I'm a huge gardener, huge, huge gardener. So I've got oh, like wow. a bay leaf tree outside. I love that's another thing I'd love to gift is like the bay leaves. If, have you ever bought them at the store? They're pretty expensive. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I use bay leaves quite a bit. So I have a fig tree too. And when it's at fig time in August, I collect all the figs and I take them to one of the catering companies I work at and we make fig jam out of it. And then anytime I prune my bay leaf tree, I take all the leaves to chef and they dry them and use them. So I love that. Yeah. And I'm into zero use too. I'm really... So when I cut this kit that will have been in the past, once you air this, I really focused on like zero waste. And that's why they had scrap pieces of pleather to do sample sewing. And yeah, it was it was cool the way that that turned out, definitely. And the way I cut it. There was hardly any garbage at all. So I love that concept. I grew up in my grandparents' home who were products of the Depression era and, you know, South Louisiana, very poor. And they saved everything and didn't waste anything. So I really can appreciate that. And especially in today's world, you know, there's so much waste and so much yep excess, if you will. So yeah, you know, yep. going back to this sort of minimalist concept is I think a very admirable goal for, for all of us, really. Well, it was so important it, as a sewist because it is really hard to throw away anything, <laughs> but out of being, your stash is your life, right? Oh my God. It's like, you know, the one with the most when they die wins, right? So, uh, <laughs> no, it's true. And if you saw my studio, it's like so scary. But <laughs> so when I was cutting pieces off the pleather, you know, cutting for my, because I sell pleather kits for my handbags so they can make the straps and all that good stuff. But there was pieces left over. So I started figuring out how can I do different things with this? So one thing that I do is I cut these two by two squares and then I use pinking shears to give them a decorative edge mm. because I believe in showing you not only how to make something, but how to make it strong. Mm. So I use that on linings for the back of like magnetic clips. You know, when they have the, in handbags, they have the magnetic class and I give those away when I'm at sewing events or whatever, I give those away with the pleather kits. So they have those if they want to use them, you know, it's about getting that zero waste type of thing out of it. But so, and I feel bad because you asked me, what do I like to do outside? So I garden, I'm so, so lucky and blessed where I live in Seattle. I live in a neighborhood called Magnolia. And in 20 minutes, I can walk and be looking at the ocean. And um, I live two blocks from the biggest park in the city. It's called Discovery Park. And I love walking. I have a dog, pup, named Jack. She's crazy. We love walking and looking at the ocean. I call it going to church because it's just, I can talk to the ocean and just go, oh, okay, I'm going to get through this. (laughs) And it's, it's really, it's like, I don't know. There's something about looking at the ocean, the ocean, not a lake, not a, but the ocean where the land meets the water. And it's the most peaceful thing to me. 
in the world. Very cool. I always, in these podcasts with a particular question, you know, I, I always kind of say that as an industry, you know, we're, we're really not selling thread and notions and fabric, et cetera, but the sort of this feeling of accomplishment, of satisfaction that comes with creating. And I just wonder, do you, I think I know the answer, but do, do you believe that? And, and if so, how has that sort of manifested itself in your sewing journey, your career? Yes, I believe it. You knew that answer. It is the coolest thing to see somebody. Well, I think personally for me, when I finish something, I'm like, oh, okay. And so I have one of my bags that, you know, I made a bag for myself and I carry it around and uh, it's so fun. People go, what though? I go, yeah, I have my own business. They're like, well, what do you do? And I go, well, I design sewing patterns. I go see that bag. I made it and they like, cannot believe it. And so when I can give that feeling to one of my kids or to an adult, adults are, it's interesting. Adults and kids learn exactly the same way. And when they get to finish something, even if it's a pillow with an invisible zipper, it's like the greatest thing in the world. I have a friend, she's making a onesie for her new granddaughter. And she was like, I'm trying to figure out the zipper. And when I said to her, I go, you have to put the zipper in first before you make the whole thing. She was like, oh my, you know, and this is somebody that quilts and is a very extensive sewer, but being able to finish little kids being able to finish is like so amazing and I I do wild projects with them I'm like let's hand paint this fabric (laughs) I bite off big chunks for my kids but I actually had a class we hand painted our fabric and then we made you know it was just the one piece quilt but they quilted them and you know those quilts were not perfect there was It was crazy, but I, and then I do this really interesting binding technique and I, I finished it for them because that's too much to ask the little kid to do. But when they took those quilts home, it was like, you can't, you can't replicate that stuff or those lessons. Yeah, what a sense of accomplishment they get out of that. I think I think that's what it's all about. So I'm glad I'm glad to hear you agree with that. I, I didn't expect you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, on on that note, uh, I guess we can wrap it up. I, I really appreciate you spending time talking to me today and and coming on and. You know, I appreciate all you're doing to to work with us on an upcoming webinar. And I know you put a lot of work into the kits and a lot of other backstory stuff that we won't get into that was uh, <laughs> stressful for you. But uh, I appreciate you for that and look forward to seeing the results of that class and then also uh, sharing this podcast with our listeners at some point down the road. So thank you. Yeah, for that. it's just been a total honor. For as me as an artist, it's an honor to be to be asked to be here, but also to be asked to participate in projects with you guys. It's <laughs> thank you. Thank oh, you very much. Uh, you're welcome. And we appreciate you. So yeah. our listeners here, if they want to learn more about you and your products, it's paradisodesigns.com. Is that correct? Yep. Paradisodesigns.com. And they also, you know, I have a ton of techniques on my blog, which I don't get all crazy about having to be paradisodesigns.com, but it's paradisodesigns.blogspot.com. And they can go to the blog from my website too. And then they can also find me on my, I've got my personal Instagram account, which is the most active, which is 
at Cheryl of Paradiso, or um, I do have at Paradiso Sewing Patterns also. Good deal. We'll make sure that information is on the podcast page when it goes up so yeah. that our folks can learn more about you. Well, thank you so much, Jason. It's been an honor. Like I said, thank you. Thanks, Sarah. You have a great rest of your day and we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Okay, great. Thank take, you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Why Sew with Sulky. Visit sewingonline.sulky.com for more info on today's episode and to browse our educational offerings, including live webcast, videocast, and special events that you can watch in the comfort of your own home with your sewing machine by your side. 